time. Together. Together. Hi. Hi. How wow. cool is this? There we are. We're live. We are. And you are, um, you have increased your oodle quotient by two. We are waiting to see if we get to take them home as fosters today. Awesome. Yes. So we don't have names for them yet. And uh, one is a super senior and mm -hmm. uh, not well. So we probably will have her more like as a hospice, but we're adopting both of them. And then she came Wonderful. with a bonus. I love it. Yes. I love it. When I did adoptions back in the day, we would, you know, people would say, well, I have to have the baby. And we'd say, well, we have the baby. And you said you wanted three kids ultimately. So we've got the other two waiting for you here too. You get a package. You get oh. bonus kids. Oh. Which I think is perfect because then you're all done, right? Right. Right. And they're together and they get to stay together. So these two apparently showed up together at the shelter. They look somewhat alike. So it may be mom and child because they're significantly mm -hmm. different in age. Mm -hmm. Or they may have just escaped from a breeder together. But um, yeah. Wow. The person who's helping us rescue them out of the shelter, uh, which had them on a list to not be allowed to be adopted. Um, they were going to just keep them there and be done with them. Mm -hmm. Is now arranging for us to go get them. <gasps> Wow. As I was talking to the people at the shelter itself, I, they said, well, you know, you need to have someone who knows how to take care of special needs dogs. And I said, as I'm talking to you, I'm stirring the dog food on the stove. And um, they said, you have to know how to deal with blind dogs. And I said, well, let me go discuss that with Walter, <laughs> who's blind and has no eyes at all. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know. So Fred is sitting with me today. Hi, Fred. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So wow. we're ready. It's time. Yeah. And yeah. what a beautiful, more than a beautiful, what a needed service to open your hearts and your home to animals, fur babies that mm -hmm. can live out their last days with comfort. What a beautiful, yeah. beautiful thing. It's yeah. fun. And it's it's not that we're doing it because we're all the all the special. We love having the critters with us. And you know, during mm -hmm. COVID, people should have something to to identify with and snuggle with. And yeah. The difference is most people don't want a dog with no teeth and eyes that don't work and vet bills. And sure. We take those guys. You know, and everybody has a way of finding their service, how yes. you can give back. And someone else might say, ew. And then someone else might do blah, blah. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. Yeah. You do all the stuff in your community. We, we just, we stay at home, but we take care of the doodle bugs. That's right. That's right. <gasps> doodle bugs. Wait, yeah. I have to just, Go look, there's a squirrel because there is a children's program from Canada called the Doodle Bugs. Fred, you're famous. You are, Fred. You're famous, Fred. Yes. Oh, you oh. should look it up. It is it's a handful. It's like a peppy. I used to play it for two of the grandchildren a lot. I have their DVDs. I love them. 
Okay. We started out with poodles, then we went to oodles of poodles, and then just for fun, they became doodle bugs too. Oh, I so love one it. Can, one can never tell what they might be called. Frequently, not by their names. Um, <laughs> what I'm gonna do while we're here before we uh, get any further, I want to go to uh, my Facebook page. Yes. And plug this in. Um, uh, Jill Johnson. Jill Johnson. Oh, wrong Jill Johnson. There's another Jill Johnson in your world? Yeah, Jill Johnson in Sioux Falls. But you're Jill Johnson young. And there's a Jill Johnson in Sweden who is a famous rock star. <gasps> she has like six Grammys. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And Have she records here frequently. <gasps> Live at, let's just do that. Let's call it. Grief chat. Yep. Um, are you the grief chat with 678 likes or that's different? I think that's a different one. All right. Know. We had 728 contacts on this page in the last week. Oh. So apparently word is out. We just need folks to show up oh. on, the, on Fridays. You know what? <laughs> I actually, I went through how many people do we have on our page? 700 and something? Yeah. I I went through uh, about 700 people. And I think about, um, and I invited them. So probably 500. Very there. nice. Or if we were up to 300. Because I wanted to move them over to the. Um, to the correct one? To the correct one. Yes, I need to do that too. We've been busy trying to get oodles out of jail. <laughs> Um, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Cause oodle I, jail. It's just not a thing. What's on your heart. So, um, besides spelling things wrong, <laughs> let's see. I just posted. Yay. Perfect. So this week, um, so we went to a party. Mm -hmm. I, I need to leave out some identifying features here. So I'm going to say we went to a, a birthday party for a small kid. Yeah. And one of the kids said, and it was an outdoor party, like it needs to be. It has to be. And there weren't many people. And one of the kids says, there was a, a dead mouse. We found a dead mouse. And I go, oh. So the only thing I'm thinking is in the house. And then, and then we uh, went to, so I said, where was the mouse? He says, oh, underneath one of those tables. But I had a funeral for it. And I said, really? Tell me about this. And this this kid is only eight and a half. Okay. Uh -huh. And so I said, Oh, tell me about this. And he said, well, let me show you. So over by like the end of the garage, he goes, the box blew away. And I said, Oh, show me. And we get now I'm short, like most children and I'm looking and it was, Oh, it just made my heart swell. He had put the dead flat mouse uh -huh. in 
with several pieces of rock. They're not even pretty stones around it. Oh, I know. And then he said to me, I said, well, should I say some prayers? And he goes, well, that would be nice. So now I have to make up mouse prayers <laughs> and, and sort of sense what you would say, what he's a very, reminded me of a mouse joke, but I didn't say it. <laughs> I said, oh, you're such a good mouse and all the mice around here. Um, and then I ended with God blesses this mouse and all he gave us. Or there I don't know, he or she. And then as we are walking away, that eight and a half year old says, oh, he has his eyes open. And I said, yeah, things die like that with their eyes open. He goes, people die like that too. And I said, they do. Yeah. How did you know about that? And he goes, I don't know. Because they show it on TV or whatever. <laughs> and so we walked away. It was great. Well, I knew the other kids were coming. This is like, you know, the old days. I'm going to see my dead mouse. Oh, yeah. And they all ran over there. And one of the adults, it really saddened me. Uh, this adult yelled out, ew, gross. Oh. I know. A perfect death education moment. Right. So I'm really happy that they showed me first. Right. Who can affirm things like that. Mm -hmm. And that is so important. I was, I also want to talk about, if you don't mind me rambling. Please. Um, I was on a uh, death and dying, uh, a friend of mine teaches that course mm -hmm. at one of the local universities here. I'm just going to bend down and pick up a picture. Hang okay. On. Some things. You know, it's very interesting. I went on as a guest because I live with something that will kill me, but I cannot fix it. And that's, I think I've talked about that before. They're called CBMs, cavernous malformations. Basically, they're raspberries in my brain that can explode. And they can explode many different ways. Yeah. So... Some of the, just out of curiosity, I'm not getting feedback. Thank you very much. But I'm hearing like wind or something. Do you think it's near the microphone or? It may be my ceiling fan and I can't get to it. Is it super loud? No, no. It's okay. just sometimes. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, uh, it's already 99 degrees outside. Oh, <gasps> really? It's about. 49 degrees here. Yeah. And we've got Santa Ana. So we're in high fire, high heat today. Oh. Yeah. So no amount of air conditioning unless you have something else moving air. Mm-hmm. And they want us wow. to save save the uh, AC from being on too much. So ceiling fans draw less power. Sure. 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 Yep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> poor we're planet. waiting for winter. <laughs> Ours is coming. Um, I'll send you snow pictures. I'll turn my camera around at different times. Please. So you can enjoy it. Yeah, they've already they've told us we're not having much winter this year. We're in a La Nina, which means no rain, uh, not much snow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, if you get a box of water, you know I'd try then it. Then I'll know it's you. It's a melted snowman. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so let me talk about, um, so I was on talking about how I feel about this, but I love what she does. She has them ask questions after reading and seeing some different things. And I, I really like this one. So I'll ask you the question first. Okay. Okay. It goes like this. How does one's attitude toward coping and grief impact their view on life? Oh, that's and a good question. Isn't that a great question? Yeah. So that's why I thought, I'll ask Jill first. So how does your attitude toward coping and grief impact your own life? Well, you know, I, I approach grief in a solution-focused way and with the idea that it's time to work things out and to be able to say goodbye and remember who died and, and reorganize and make something good out of the loss, which is really how I do live my life. You know, things change. You, you got to make the best of it. You got to have some humor about it. You got to find some joy in the day. You know, mm -hmm. even, even in the midst of COVID losses and, you know, I, I do grief all day long with my clients online. I get to go outside in the sun and, and feel that and play with the doodle bugs. And that's why probably we adopt the hospice dogs because, you know what, a good ending is a better way than a bad ending. And we should be able to give people that good ending. and in my world, dogs are people. So, yeah. And what do you consider a good ending? Being able to say goodbye, being in mm -hmm. the arms of someone you love, mm -hmm. um, and hopefully being pain-free and um, anxiety-free and able to hear as you're leaving this world the sounds of the things that made you feel comfortable and safe and happy in this world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of one of the one of my favorite goodbyes watching a patient die was the son had asked me, what should I talk about? And I go, what were some of your favorite trips together? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. He was telling stories in Vegas, things that are in Vegas should stay in Vegas. But he was saying them with his mom. And that just meant everything. Right. Yeah. Right. And I've seen lots of those. And it's it should be that you're surrounded or you're at least with some one person um, who's who's there with you and able to. That's a voice that's comforting and safe and nice for you. Right. And that right. makes that makes the transition well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know not everybody gets to do that. Right. Especially now. Of, yeah, especially because of COVID. But, you know, in car accidents or this or that. And, you know, the number one question after they die, especially when it looks ugly. Right. Right. I mean, when it was I a terrible you, incident. A terrible incident or. It came on really fast. Right. And you're watching them blue or you're watching them gag or 
whatever body function is going on, that the number one question people ask is, do you think they're okay? And I have to say, in all my years of talking to other people that, uh, as my husband likes to do, talk to dead people. Uh, <laughs> but in all my years of listening to stories, very, very rarely do I do people ever report not being okay. Right. There's a couple things because they're confused, but you know, that's the meaning making has to come from the person who lost them. Right. Sometimes they're looking for some meanings and you can help the living make meaning. Right. And purpose. And I, I, and understand the dying process so they can see that it wasn't what they're interpreting. Do you know, um, I, I'm not able to replace the ugly visuals mm -hmm. as you are not, but in mm -hmm. grief counseling and grief therapy, you are able to say, I hear what you're saying. Let me just give a suggestion on reframing. Right. That you can do. And so that you might have more meaning in what's going on. Mm -hmm. So, And reading less terrible into it. Yeah. 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 When, when I do presentations um, and conferences, which don't exist anymore, but they're coming back. Yes. Um, and even online now when I'm teaching therapists, the first session I always teach if I'm doing anything about grief and loss is what the dying process looks like, what's involved in it, what all those things are. And I did that for a very large conference in San Francisco um, about a year and a half ago now. And I had someone in there that I had a lot of hospice staff in there, but it's for therapists. And she came up to me afterward and with tears in her eyes and she said, I can't thank you enough. I used to work in hospice. I needed to hear this. And I said, tell me about that. What, what struck you? And she said, I quit hospice the day my mom died. I sat with her and I heard and saw the Shane Stokes breathing and the fluid collecting on her vocal cords. And I knew in my head that that was normal and she wasn't feeling it. And she was hearing my voice and she could feel my hand because she was pressing my hand throughout and we had a goodbye but that sound I just couldn't get it out of my head and she said you talking about that today and saying this is normal we have studies from EEGs that show that that was not distressing she said I finally let that go it's been 17 years since mom died I just wow. needed to hear it from somebody else you know on the same level someone who was just not didn't even know what my experience was and didn't know I needed to hear it so they weren't making it up for me. And that's right. the kind of stuff that you can do in grief therapy is you can help people let go of what the fears are that they've built up around what they've experienced and understand right. that their presence is what was calming. Right. And security. Yes. Yes. Yep. You know, 
people talk all about like when babies are born and all this stuff. It is gross. I mean, it's like the biggest dump you ever take in your life. And you're like a space alien. When do people come out of people? It's And they're all weird. And there's all sorts of smells. And there's like all these people sticking their hands up like that. You're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) However, and then you're getting cut sometimes. And then you're getting this. It's pretty ugly. And we've all seen the man that passes out because who's used to seeing a right. human being like get squished out like a sausage out of another human being. Right. And I'm saying it like this because dying is ugly. It's, it's when I say it's ugly, you can think of it as a beautiful thing, but the, the smells and the colors and the sounds. You have to prepare for them and know they're coming. And you got to know that they're normal. Right. But nobody ever. Normal. They're going to happen no matter what. Right. 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 And the other part that is um, odd is while you're excited about a person coming into the world, Mm -hmm. you're not always excited about a person leaving the world. No, but you can be relieved. You can. And then people feel guilty about that. 100% of the time. Yeah. 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 100% of the time. That's what the two most common emotions for grievers are fear after the death, fear of whatever, X, Y, Z, fill it in, and guilt. Yeah. And then that can get reinforced by other people around them saying, well, why did you choose this? And why didn't you do that? And why did you let them have morphine? I know. Right? They were, they were in recovery. Why did they have morphine? I go, no, I, I don't go. But I am thinking several swear words in my head. Right. And then I'm and they are attached to this single sentence. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. All those swear words. I exactly totally right. admit it. Like, uh-huh. And that's why if I, when I was hospice, when people would come into a home where someone was dying, I'd get permission from the family. And then I'd prep people walking into the house. This is what's going on. And yes, they are getting morphine and they're on oxygen. And those are for comfort. And your role here is to come in and say goodbye and be comforting. Not to question what's going on. Right. If you have questions, borrow the nurse and step outside. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, sure. Put it off on us. Well, that's what you're there for. <laughs> <laughs> Your pay grade is higher than a social worker. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yep. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And you know what? When, when my first wife was dying, we had peace and quiet. It was She was up and telling jokes in the hospital bed until about two hours before she died. Mm-hmm. And we were laughing and joking, as it should be, because dying doesn't have to be sad. We right. knew it was coming, and you know, to a degree, she was grateful that it was happening because she knew there was no way she could keep going. And then it was a peaceful coma, and she slipped away, really, truly. Yeah. Um, my second wife had Lewy body dementia, as you know, 
And her death process was a month and a half. And it was what Louis body is, which is chaos. You know, you never right. knew literally one moment from the next what was going to happen. Right. And she was highly agitated until about two hours before she finally died. Mm-hmm. But that last two hours, she was tachycardic and she was breathing rapidly. But all of the obvious signs of anxiety and agitation had stopped. And mm-hmm. then we had a few moments after the tachycardia stopped before she was actually gone. And that was such a relief. But had mm-hmm. I not been prepared? Yeah, it's confusing. Right? I knew what I was seeing. And so I could laugh about everything that had gone on. And I could write blog posts about all the things that were happening each day. Because if you don't while stuff like that's going on, you're not going to cope well. You have to be looking forward. And that's why I think if you encourage and answer simply children's mm-hmm. natural curiosity. Right. And not go, ew, gross. Right. That's, I, I, why do people do that is beyond they raised to be, a, they weren't raised and they're afraid of death. Well, that goes back to my question mm-hmm. that I asked you. And so one of the ways I answered sort of why am I the way I am with life mm-hmm. and death is because my parents were so death phobic and never talked about anything. And in fact, pushed me away because I would ask too many questions. Mm-hmm. And the fact that my father had died at such an early age, very suddenly I go, I am not waiting around. Right. So I'm a risk taker in just like, and people go, you keep chugging along. And I go, it keeps me out of jail. Yeah. Right. Keeps us busy. Uh, It keeps us busy. It, I also know when it's time to rest. Mm -hmm. I also know when it's time to eat. Mm Mm-hmm. And in fact, you know, it's time to eat all the time. And (laughs) that's that's how I look at it. But, you know, this does have an influence and the people around you. So I want to sort of ask our listening audience to be aware of what you're putting out. Of course, the person who went, ooh, would never even watch something like this. Right. 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 Encourage children to ask questions. Show them, yeah, the eyes are open. That's what happens. That's life. That's, that's, and then I'm not going to close any little mouse eyes after they've been dead, you know, and rigor mortis is in there. I mean, the body was already flattening and being like really weird. Yeah, those eyes were not going to close and they don't make mouth No, and I'm not going to touch and, you know, (laughs) I'm more concerned. I I was a, what? Super glue works. Oh, yes, it does. (laughs) We won't talk about that right now. That would weird too many people out at this point. Maybe we'll do another podcast. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, it looks like 
we've talked about a bunch of stuff today. We have, and we're getting ready for it. Now, are you getting ready for Halloween? Is your house decorated even though? And are you guys having Halloween there? Okay, so here you can put stuff out and they have to take it. You can stand outside. So there, there won't be any ringing of doorbells. Right. Um, I just put, so yes, I have a bale of hay. I have some flowers. I have a huge spider, you know, tacked to the tree. I have, um, I'm going to add more, more stuff. We have a bunch of blow-up stuff that I'll probably put out this week that'll last for two weeks. So that's fine. However, uh, the other cool thing is I have a line of cards called Died Laughing. Oh, nice. Um, and they're skeletons that look silly in different positions or with crystals or with this. In fact, you can go to uh, my Facebook page and look at it. And the other line of cards I have is called Sacred Shadows from mm -hmm. my paintings that I talked about. But mm -hmm. these are um, plants. These all sort of have a gentler type of thing rather than the dyed laughing. So right. you can check those out. I'm going to deliver them today to the, the art farm. I love that place. And, uh, yeah, when you come out this way, Jill. I'm looking forward to it. I am taking you. We going out. <laughs> We're going to go going to the town. out. <laughs> All That'll right, be sweet. fun. Yeah, can you tell it's Friday? Fred is already tired. He's asleep. He's asleep. Yeah. Yeah, this is yeah. what he does. He crawls up and goes to sleep. That's great. You know, some days I want to do that. Yes. I just want to crawl up on somebody on their lap and go. This is not what you want on your lap, though, when you're having a hot flash, let me just say. <laughs> oh, I, my condolences. Yes. Yes, yes. I've just invested in beautiful fans. So I, I have a variety of different fans to match the outfits and the sparkle of the day. That is just wonderful. You might as well have fun with it. There's my attitude. I did. Mm -hmm. In fact, well, I can talk to you about that later. I'll write you some stuff that helped. Good. So, good. Yeah. All right, everybody have a good week. Please come back if you are watching this taped. If you have a Friday moment free, we'd love to have you. If you don't and you want us to talk about something or talk about you, then uh, put it in the chat or put it on our page and we will be more than happy to bring it up. And uh, next week, we'll get a little bit closer to Halloween and Day of the Dead. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that stuff. I got the stuff. Got the stuff. Very I good. Stuff. Yep. And we'll talk about how we can use Day of the Dead to memorialize and remember people. Yes. In a good and fun way. Exactly. All right. Bye, everybody. All right, here. Bye, Jill Johnson. Bye, Deb. Bye, everyone.